femininity is powerful in all its forms, exceptional women, rare girls must be appreciated in every way for their perspectives, actions, thoughts, and their unique ways of being. Such rare girls are inspiring. And this is what this podcast is all about. Hello, my name is Aziz and my guest today is Anna Bazarna. Anna is a young European ambassador and both a student of system analysis and financial markets at Kiev Polytechnic Institute in Ukraine and living in Paris for her senior year on applied informatics and business management at PSL Dauphine, Paris, France, which is in the world's top 26 universities and French top one ranked university. Anna is a Global Link Research Internship Mitax awardee, an opportunity for students from 17 countries to spend 12 weeks in Canada for doing research. She was also an Erasmus Exchange student intern at one of the best engineering schools in France, Ecole des Mines de Nancy. Anna is currently working as a business IT specialist at Grant Thornton Company, which is a British audit and financial company. Anna, how are you today? Hi, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for your invitation. I'm fine, feel motivated and inspired. Thank you for asking. I'm happy. I'm honored. I'm lucky to have you here and I'm very curious about you. So let's explore the other side of you. I'm sure a lot of people see you as a very smart and competent person, as a really cool girl who does a lot of her studies and is productive and ambitious. How do you keep yourself inspired? What do you do for your mental health? How do you explore your creative sides or other sides of your personality that most people don't know about? Well, at first, I think for me, the main motivation is um, communication. And I really enjoy speaking with people, exchanging thoughts. And uh, I really like communicating with others. So I think I'm really... And then an extrovert, not introvert at all. So I think that it's my source of energy and motivation and inspiration as well. So yeah, I really like spending time with my friends. I think people who are who surround you are the best people, and it's very important to surround you with really people who are on the same way with you. So my family members, my friends, they always support me, and they. They help me keep going and uh, not giving up, not 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 to stop, just keep going. And uh, yeah, I think they are also my main motivation. That's wonderful and very well said. And it makes me wonder and ask you, how was it or were you able to create such deep friendships with new people that you have met in Paris? Is it easy, since you're an extrovert, to reach that level of communication with new people? Or are such close people to you mainly those from Ukraine and those you have known for many, many years? 
Well, that's a very interesting question. Thank you. Actually, I think it's always, even for extroverts, it's hard to, to, ha- to start having really good friends, right? Because mostly you can communicate with a lot of people, but still they're not your close. They're not so close to you. But um, I think um, there are always situations in which you can see, even if you don't communicate, you're not so close with a person, but sometimes something can happen and you can see that, yeah, this person can support you, can give you a hand, can help you, can listen to you. And uh, I do have some really close friends here in Paris. With We met with them like uh, maybe a couple of months ago because I'm also uh, a member of Young uh, European Youth Parliament and I participated in some sessions here and um, I'm very grateful also for this experience as I found a lot of nice people who are willing to uh, develop to create a lot of new things and who are very creative and uh, very I know energetic <laughs> so yeah, I still keep in contact with them. And uh, for the last months, they helped me a lot with uh, moving to France, with uh, uh, finding here uh, a university, a program, a job, like everything. They helped me a lot. And even right now, it's on already almost two months. I do, I do my studies at PSL Dauphine. And I think I have a really close friend to me, a girl who, who is in my group and we are studying together. And um, she supports me a lot. And the most like remarkable situation was when um, I, I read some news from, from Ukraine and I got really anxious. And uh, somehow it appeared that she was next to me. She was here and she helped me. At that, at that moment, she helped me a lot. And I'm, I'm very grateful to her. I see the importance of people in your life. And yes, such energized people or kind people or good people make life really special and worth it. You spoke about the importance of communication for you. If you could define what is communication in the dictionary of Anna, if you could explain what is special about that experience of communication, maybe to introverts or to people who are socially awkward or they experience people and enjoy them in different ways, not in the same way as you. What is that experience of really good communication that you love? How does it make you feel? Does it help you learn about people and grow and develop by discovering their traits? Or is it about enjoying the emotion of the moment and feeling present rather than thinking of the past and the future? Is it about the energy in a way where you feel like you're in a deep soulmate situation? Or what is that communication as well as what do you love about it? Well, so for me, I think uh, there are two things. How can I describe the word communication in my dictionary? At first, it's um, the ability to listen and secondary, it's a vibe. And I think these two things, they they cannot be apart. So they should be together. Because at first, of course, you should know how to listen to a person. Not just to hear, but like really to listen, to understand and to be attentive. And I think it's the hardest part. Because pretty often we are flying somewhere in our thoughts in the sky, I don't know. And uh, sometimes it's hard to to try to see yourself in a position of another person and to understand 
just like I'm not speaking even about to understand the person, just like even to try to understand the person. And also a vibe. I think a vibe it's also very important because all of us we are very different. We are doing different things, we are living different lives and uh, we are unique and it's absolutely okay and it's wonderful. And um, yeah, sometimes you can have this vibe match, sometimes not, and it's also okay. You just with time and with uh, practice, I don't know, communicating with people, you can see that, yeah, with this person, I'm pretty easygoing and I can easily find uh, topics to speak about and we're like on the same wave we're we have same thoughts or we're just like have something in common not a lot of things just like one thing in common and this one thing can already be this good trigger of communicating and being friends and sometimes it's true that um, people are like different magnets and uh, they 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 just don't understand each other but that's also normal. So I think for me, the most important is, right, yeah, it's to listen and to try to understand the person um, and also a vibe. Don't be very, not to be very hard person because everyone has issues in their lives. And when you start also sharing how life is difficult or how is it hard to live in this world, of course, like it would be hard to find someone who will support you because like everyone can agree with that. But still, if you're vibing and uh, you're you're like a I don't know, you're like a sun, like a sunshine. People are trying to to get this vibe as well, and uh, they start showing same feelings and emotions. That sounds so poetic. And yes, I would like to ask you about the vibe later, but first. Since you can feel human beings so well and you have this ability with them, what was the story of you choosing studying systems and processes? Mostly it's uh, for people who want to, in many ways, you know, when you think about systems, they were developed so that people will not really do random things so that they become more like machines and reduce that emotional um, triggers and the the days where they have bad days or whatever, trying to have stability. So for you, when you look at systems, is there something that you learned from dealing with human beings that let you see systems analysis and all those kind of mathematical studies in a more human way? Or is it developing a different kind of part of your personality? Or What's the story of this choice? While you, since you promote listening and feeling the person, you could have been like a psychoanalyst or something that would be more logically related to this skill and tendency. At first, I think that it's not obligatory to study psychoanalysis, to be a psychoanalyst and to analyze people. I think every person can can do that. So it's just the ability to think and, uh, again, to listen attentively, to process the information and uh, to make conclusions. So, uh, yeah, and um, about my studies and um, I think I remember at first it was very interesting because I was always more into languages in French, in, in English, and I participated in a lot of Olympiads and uh, 
I think maybe I saw myself in the future also related something something with uh, maybe translations or more philology domain. And I remember when I was about 14 years old, I tried a programming classes and it was interesting, but I wasn't really passionate about that. And I remember my teacher, he told me that, okay, I see that you really like languages and um, all of this philology and uh, all of these topics, but actually programming is the same, but here you don't communicate with humans, you communicate with machines. So you are like a translator for machines from human language to the machine's language. And I think that was the moment when I started to look at this from the other angle. And uh, then I, I started feeling that, yes, I want to do something more technical and I want to, I wasn't sure because of course it's very hard to decide what, who you want to be in the future when you are 15, 16, and even like 18 years old as you don't have experience. But I think thanks to my university, I became the person who I am today. All of these difficulties and all of these um, different situations and university related with um, studies with, uh, as it's more technical domain and it's Polytechnic University in Kiev and it was very hard to study. And sometimes I felt that, yeah, maybe it's not for me. Maybe that's not the domain I want to to progress and to build my career. But I think when you start, when you start your studies in such a field and you start speaking with people, you try to understand better what you really want. And then your dreams can change, your plans can change, but the main goal will be approximately the same. And uh, I had uh, a lot of different experiences I had internships in consulting. I had internships in um, data analysis, which, for example, me, I understood that I don't want to be like a data analyst, right? Because it's for me a little bit boring. And um, as a project manager, where you communicate a lot with people, but still here, I thought that, no, I, I, I still want something more technical. I need some technical basis, some technical background in my life. And... Um, now, last month, uh, I um, do a lot of different researches in different domains, but still they're related with artificial intelligence and machine learning in our life. In, uh, For example, in music, how does it affect sounds and our, uh, how, do we, uh, can, how can we hear song, different uh, sounds and all of that? Also, the artificial intelligence in culture and in history and in archaeology. And this project uh, was uh, in um, in Nancy at the engineering school, and was also very interesting. And currently, I'm working on artificial intelligence in politics and in governance and manage IT manage IT companies management. And um, yeah, so I think that um, it's always possible to find um, something special for you, something patient patient for you. Whatever you do, it just it's necessary to have this desire to find it. So, of course, if I continue doing programming, just um, just programming or mathematics, uh, I would be really. It's not. It would be hard for me to to be good in it because if you do what you're not 
what you're not passionate about to do, it's hard. But still, when you're trying to look, okay, so what can we get here? How can I combine this and this? Artificial intelligence, communication, politics, governance, um, even music, culture, finance, whatever. And here, when you start being creative and you start like create your future career, you start building your career and you start building your life. So yeah, I think it's important it's important to have um, the motivation and uh, the desire to do something and then um, you can do that. And right now I'm happy because I see that my studies and my hobbies, they are very related and uh, it's interesting to combine them and to see, like I'm excited to see what will I do in the future, how will I use all of that and uh, where will I be with all of these researches and experience and interests and uh, experience. I really like that for you and to ask you because you seem to be someone who, of course, you're in touch with your emotions and that helps you communicate with people. Are you a girl who gets bored somehow easily or somewhat easily? And therefore, how are you able to maintain long-term studies and long-term, you know, learning to program and all those which require repeating the same things again and again and again until you create your expertise in it because you spoke about if you do something you don't like there is no passion and if you're speaking about passion it means if there is no passion you're bored so how do you do the boring tasks that allow you to be a good student to be able to excel in this world while at the same time there is a need for you not to be bored and not to lose that attention, focus, and interest. Okay, here I think that at first you should really understand if it's absolutely normal that you're getting bored, it's routine and um, it's normal. But here I think the person should really understand, okay, if I abandon this thing, what, which consequences will I have? How will, will it affect my life? Right. So because sometimes there are tasks you're, for example, doing your studies and there is one topic like you're doing. You have a lot of different classes and during one course, there is one topic and it's you find it really it's boring for you and you don't, you don't really like it. And you see that, well, I will not really use it in my life, maybe. And you're not interested because of different, uh, I don't know, different factors. And here you have a choice, abandon it and then to study and to say, yeah, I'm bored, I don't need it. And then you will have a lot of issues at university and you may even be uh, expelled from university for that. Or you can force yourself to do that in order to achieve your main goal. So to be graduated, to receive, to pass the exam, right? And to um, to continue your studies, to, to continue learning what you like. So it's always uh, the... Um, the question about the choice and um, for example me um, of course when i when i see that yes right now it's hard for me i don't understand it it's uh, and it's the opposite of the <laughs> motivational part of what i'm doing but still i see that yeah right now maybe it's really important for me to do that because tomorrow i will i can gain different fruits from that but still if i see that it's something which which is for long term and um, 
it's not where I can see myself at all. And I can see that it's not just uh, some period of my time which will lead me to some to the place I want to be. It's already that place, for example. I will not do that. And um, yeah, so for me, to keep the patience, the patience to, to, to what you're doing, at first, it's um, also analytics. So you should analyze very well what are you doing. It's, and it's not even about being worried or something. When, whatever you do, you should always understand why are you doing that? What will you receive from that? What will you give to other people by doing that? So I think it's always the choice, the question of choice, and um, it's analytics. It's the analytics in our real life, in our day-to-day basic situations. That's so interesting that you're thinking about analytics and connecting it to you life and the way you perceive and you view the world. And let's go back to Vibe, which I had a question about. First, how do you explain Vibe, if you could explain it, since it's something that you analyze a lot and you have your own conclusions? And have you ever had that experience of meeting someone new that you felt instant chemistry with that you felt like you know them all your life, like your soulmates or something in some way? Or are you a person who always requires time and multiple meetings, even if you're friendly with people, before you feel any of those deeper special connections? For me, I think uh, vibe, it's about, it's about my feelings. Maybe it sounds a bit bizarre but still I think vibe is how you feel being with the person because all of us we are givers and receivers so we give our energy we give our emotions and feelings but we are also receive we, we receive it and um, you can be very energetic and very positive and very I don't know smiling and um, very nice person but still if you are in the company of people who who are sharing with really like negativity or something not really not the same things you are sharing with them right so for you it can be more stressful in some way so for me the vibe it's the feeling the emotion emotions how do i feel the exact sentiment how do i feel being with the concrete person and uh, i think with all people like every time i meet with someone i feel differently and uh yeah, it's something really different. And it's it's always about feelings. <laughs> I think it's very hard to explain that it's always how you feel like that. And uh, yeah, I think for someone it's something else. But for me, it's my own feelings. How do I feel? And uh, I think it also depends on people. If we're speaking about um, uh, if I had any situations when I felt like I knew the person for the whole life, maybe... Yes, but still, it may be yes for an exact specific topic. But when you continue communicating, when you're like digging deeper, you see that, yeah, in this situation, the person understands you a lot and you can feel the connection and you feel like, oh my God, I I think I know you for many years, but we just met. But still, when you 
change topics and you speak about other things, you see that still no, <laughs> I don't know this person at all. And this person doesn't know me. This person doesn't know my life story. I don't know the story of life of this person. So of course, time is important because time, it's not only about to exchange your thoughts and experience, but it's also about showing how you're interacting with each other. It's about um, about different situations in life. So yeah, I think time is also important to keep people closer to you if you want to, of course, but it depends on different situations and uh, it's hard to say exactly how does it work. It's very different, different um, people, different places, different uh, mentalities even, right? Because when we're speaking about, for example, I moved to France and here the mentality is absolutely different from Ukrainian, right? And uh, you are trying to adapt, you are trying to see how people behave, uh, the the prospect of friendship is different, of communication is different. But still, all of us, we are humans, right? We live on the same earth. But it's interesting how from country to country, the communicational skills, the f friendship skills, all of that, how it differs. And I think it's also interesting to see, to compare, and um, to, to understand what is the best model for you, right? How, how you can build your friendship how you can build the communication and um, yeah i think it's um, it's very it's really it really depends on the situation thank you and i'll ask you two somehow fun questions you love people and you're an extrovert at the same time there is a kind of a stereotype about eastern european girls in general that they have a bitch face and so when you've been to Canada, maybe, or even in France, did people comment that like, oh my God, she looks so angry or she looks mean, even though you're friendly and open? Is this something you had an experience with or are you always and frequently smiling? Thank you for your question. It's a very interesting question because I never really had, this, had these situations when people thought that I'm from Eastern Europe just because I was very angry or acted somehow like that or was mean. I think um, young generation, we are more open-minded and we, are, we have access to the information, right? And of course, there are some stereotypes, but still we can understand that it's not that true. There is also always some kind of truth in all of the stereotypes, but it's not 100% true. Like, um, um, I also can have a lot of different stereotypes in my head about French people, for example, but, uh, still it's, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's right to, to make all of, all of these people the same in your head and to make them, to give them the stereotypes, you know, it's like cliche and you're before even knowing the person you're putting a mark that, okay, he's French or she's French and, uh, they will behave like that because they're French. So, yeah, I don't really like such types of situations, but I also never had them. That uh, I behaved somehow and people thought that I'm from Eastern Europe just because of my behavior. No, I didn't have. And I don't really remember 
if I had some situation when I saw a person and I could say, oh yeah, it's a typical French or it's a typical American or something like that. Of course, when you have friends already, right? And uh, you know the person pretty good and uh, the person can do something or say something and you can make a joke that, oh, that's like very Frenchy or that's very, I don't know, mm, in a German way, right? But it's just like jokes and you understand, both of you understand and you don't have this cliche in your head that this person do, does that because it's French or German or whoever it can be. So, yeah, I, I think cliche and stereotypes, they, they make limits for us and they, we have, because of that, we have our own borders in our heads and it's hard maybe to change or to be more open-minded to the world. And um, even to find friends, I think stereotypes is the opposite to the word friendship and all of that. Thank you. I agree with you 100%. And in risking stereotyping, because I know um, we speak specifically about Ukraine, and I know every Ukrainian girl is unique. At the same time, is there something you notice that is common between the younger generation of Ukrainian girls in 2022, the teenagers and young 20 years old compared to people you met in France or from Canada, etc. Is there something different? Are they maybe a mix of a bit of Korean because of K-pop, a bit of Japanese because of anime, a bit of Hollywood, and a bit of UK and the British thing mixed with the traditions and cultures of Ukraine creating a melting pot? Or is there something that you could share about the younger Ukrainian generation and what makes them unique and different or in any way compared to any other country in the world? Well, this question is really a very interesting question because I'm still thinking about that. I'm still observing French youth and um, I'm comparing it in my head with Ukrainian youth, youth and uh, trying to find um, the, the, the steps, the, the topics where we differ, where we have common things. And for now, what I noticed is that, of course, every country, every youth of every country, different from each other. But we Ukrainians, we are, we have this I think we are more motivated and we have this eagerness for new things and we have the openness to change. And um, I think it's also related with our history that uh, we, are, we want to live in the best country, we want to build it, we want to rebuild it, we want to be independent and we want... And it's, it's so... It, it, it is shown not only in our nowadays life, but it's also in our personality that we are more mature. Yeah, I think if we com- if we compare people of my age, for example, my classmates here in France and uh, my classmates, for example, in Ukraine, right? I can see that Ukrainians are more mature and it's good on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's also an inconvenience. It's also like... A minus, right? So there are both sides of it. And um, yeah, I think the difference is maybe that um, 
we are more we are willing to to change and we are willing to to progress we are willing to find something new opportunities different possibilities careers studies and we do want to do all of that and i cannot say that for example french people they don't do that no but it's just that they have another they live in the other country with another history with the other mentality and uh, they see the life on their perspective which is also very interesting to learn to observe to see how does it work for them and it's also nice but yeah for me during these seven months i think uh living here in france i sometimes i can catch myself on the on the on the thought that yeah i'm sometimes very ukrainian you know but in a good sense Yeah, I think my response to this question would be like that. Thank you. I understand fully what you mean. And you mentioned the last seven months, so I have to ask you. On February 24th, the invasion, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, how was that day for you? How did you hear about the news? Did you believe it? How did you feel? And what's the story that changed you or how did your life and situation and way of thinking change from February 24th until today? Um, for me, as for many Ukrainians, it changed a lot for really a lot, completely, I would say. <laughs> it, it, the life and uh, everything changed completely. On, the, on this day when uh, the full-scale war started in my country, I was, it was early morning and at that time I was working I was working remotely in Canada um, as a project coordinator in the IT company and uh, I had night shift according because of the time different time zones with Canada so that night I was working the whole night and morning I was working remotely and I remember uh, I saw the message in my chat in my group chat and one of my classmates wrote that Putin declared a full-scale war And I read the message and I was like, that's, that cannot be true. That that's cannot be true. And uh, then in a couple of minutes, I heard uh, the um, explosions. And I, live, uh, I, lived, I lived with my parents in the Kyiv region. And when I saw in the, win in the window, I look at the window, I saw that there was fire. It was in uh, Borispol, uh, the airport, and there was an explosion. And I remember... It actually, it was so, on the one hand, it was so fast, but still I spent a lot of time, like this night, these days, it wasn't like just three or two days. It was like a couple of weeks or even months. And I remember my parents woke up and my dad told me that uh, we should uh, prepare our documents and we should prepare our, the most important things and uh, probably that we will leave soon. And in a couple of days, we left. We went to the Western Ukraine and we were there uh, with my uh, relatives. And I also remember that this date was Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I had the first meeting with my supervisor. I was still in the Kiev region. And I had a first meeting with my supervisor from Canada. And uh, there was no um, light. I, I don't really remember, but it was about 11 p.m. in Ukraine and uh, like no light, no nothing like that in order to keep security 
And I remember my professor, he was a bit shocked that I I came to this meeting and I still continue, I, I, I continued working and it was our first meeting with him in general. And uh, he was with camera and he asked me why why I didn't put on the camera. And I explained that, you know, there are my countries under bomb attacks and my city as well. So for our security, we don't put light. So I cannot, uh, even if I put on the camera, you will not see me because it's dark, it's night. And I remember he was, he, he was really shocked that despite all of that, I continued st- my studies and my work and everything I did. And, uh, but I think for that time, it was the only, the only way for me to keep myself, not to stress. And last, and these days I worked a lot before moving to, um, to West uh, of Ukraine. I worked a lot and I couldn't sleep and, uh, yeah, but still, it helped me. I didn't feel that stressed, I think, as my mom, for example. Yeah, but from that time, a lot of things changed in my life. And sometimes I think that the life I have today, of course, a lot of people dream to live in Paris, for example, to go to university here, to have a job here, and to have this levy Parisienne. But sometimes I think that I was forced in some way to have it even though it was my dream but still it wasn't that i came here by myself right so i w- i was forced by some situations which were not depend they didn't depend on me and i was somehow forced to to move and to change my life to change my goals my dreams and um, yeah and i think it's not only for me like that it's for a lot of people and a lot of Ukrainians may have same feelings. But still, right now, I'm happy that I'm here and I'm happy that I can continue learning, studying, and um, I, I, can, I can continue living my life and um, doing things which will bring fruits not only for me, but also for my country in the future as well. Thank you so much, Anna. I could feel your emotions and yes, I understand. I actually interviewed another Ukrainian girl who said she would have loved to travel all over the world, etc. But as a choice, not being forced to be in other countries that does not feel happy or good or positive in any way. And all I can say is Slava Ukraini. Thank you again. This was my privilege, my honor, such a great way to share your vibe and your soul with the world. I wish you success. I wish you your dream job and wonderful research and all kinds of cool people in your life. And I wish peace and victory to Ukraine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me and uh, for your questions. It was a pleasure to speak to you, to to have to spend this time with you. And uh, I really enjoy it. And uh, I wish peace not only for my country, but for the whole world. Peace and uh, prosperity.